0: Hey everybody, welcome and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm here with Laura. Um, we got a we got a doozy today. I I'm, I liked it. We talk a little bit about some epiphanies that I'm having and things that are kind of happening in my world as my brain changes, thanks in part to meditation, which has been fun. Um, Laura asks me a question about whether or not it's okay to say no, which I think it is. Also, we have a pretty cool ad this week for Lovebug, which is an app for um, sort of social emotional learning for kids. I gave it to my nephew, Charlie, who you may remember. I've known him since his head was smaller than a cheeseburger. Um, Charlie loved it. He said he learned a lot. It was fun for him. He would recommend it to his friends. So check that out if you get a chance. And uh, otherwise, I hope you enjoy uh, listening to what's on our mind. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I just finished meditating. Yeah. um, And I have a new streak. I've I've now meditated 12 days in a row. My previous record was 11. And so I'm like, feeling super Zen right now. Yeah.
1: I like it. Does it energize you? Because I went down that pathway and it was, there was some statistic, like if you meditate for 20 minutes, it's like getting six hours of sleep, something bonkers like that.
0: Um, No, it doesn't energize me, uh, but it definitely is changing my brain. Mm. Um, I'm definitely in a more meta mode, which I think just means I'm let's put it this way. I'm thinking about thinking a lot. Okay. Like I'm kind of jazzed right now that we did this episode. I think it was last week about rethinking date night. Like I feel like rethinking everything. Okay. Uh, Like I just sort of have this, like I, I I spent last weekend in Dallas with my, my 20 year old Abby. And and I kept offering like these nuggets of wisdom.
1: (laughs) You think they were nuggets of wisdom? (laughs) Totally.
0: She did not want them. No, of course not. But it, but it's, but it's stuff like this. It's like, what makes you think, you know, what's best for you? Or why do you believe everything you think it's, or you're
1: getting real philosophical?
0: I know I'm telling you, yeah. I'm thinking about thinking huh. like, so stuff comes across my brain and I'm like, I wonder why I think that. Like, I wonder why I care about that. Mm. Or she's, like she like didn't get this job that she was hoping to get. And I was like, why do you think that, why do you think you know what's best for you in terms of that job? Maybe like the universe knows or the people who are hiring know, or the, mm-hmm. like, Maybe there's something better for you because she's all bummed. And I was like, what? But honestly, it's because I sit still for 10 minutes and I just, the whole practice is about emptying your mind. Mm -hmm. And, and when you empty your mind, stuff flows in and when stuff flows in, you have a chance to consider it. So for me, it's only 10 minutes it's not 20. Yeah. I found an app that I love. I think, I think I've mentioned it on here before. It's called waking up. Okay. And I've literally been learning how to meditate. I haven't been meditating. I've been learning how, and that's been really, really cool.
1: Does the so, waking up app tell you how to do that?
0: Yeah, it totally. Just he walks has a, you through yeah, it. there's like a 30 day course at the top that you can take at the beginning. Mm. And, um, and it's, he's such a great teacher. His name's is Sam Harrison. Like I always tell people about day four, day four is the day that you work on, like that he kind of introduces you to sound. Mm-hmm. So the whole premise of course is like, you're sort of sitting there and you're listening for sounds. And he's like, what's your relationship to that sound? And Can you make that sound stay longer than it's going to stay? And can you make it go away faster than it's going to go away? And you can't Hmm. like, it just kind of comes And he says, you know, if you think about this, you, you can learn about sound. And if you, if you appreciate how it works, you can sort of do the same thing with pain or Mm -hmm. an addictive Mm -hmm. impulse or an emotion that you don't like, where you just sort of let it pass. Right. Um, And then the other thing he says is, you know, if you understand this part of it, you can meditate next to a construction site. You totally. don't need to be in like this Zen Buddhist temple on top of a mountain Where yeah. You can actually just you can actually just sit down. So for me, when I'm anxious and in bed, like and I can't fall asleep, uh-huh. I totally just go like
1: I'm just gonna I just start paying attention. Yeah. I
0: just start breathing and paying attention. And it it makes it really hard to ruminate on all of the things that I like I'm upset about, like that thing I said to that girl in third grade, and I wonder if she's still mad at me about it. You know, like
1: No, I, you don't think about that stuff.
0: Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. No. Don't you? No. Don't you think about stuff that's like for no reason, it's just like making you anxious from 30 years ago or something?
1: No, I actually I kind of have a little bit of a an opposite, I would say, in that if I have a distressing thought, I immediately cast it off and, and switch my mindset. something else, Mm -hmm. which makes me think like I'm not actually allowing myself to dig into why is this painful? So I'm very avoidant, I would say of anxious thoughts or ruminating. I do almost the exact opposite where I come into a thought where I think, boy, I wish my relationship was better with X, Y, and Z. And then I wonder if they like me. I wonder if they think I'm annoying. Mm -hmm. I'm probably, they probably think that I, you know, I'm like too whatever. And then I go, Oh, Laura, what are you doing right now? Like these are silly thoughts. And then I immediately go, Hey, I wonder what I'm going to cook for dinner. Um, and that's, that is the way that I handle harmful or like distressing thoughts. And I don't think that is, I I think there's a happy medium for sure that, uh, you know, saying, Hey, this came up or maybe writing it down. Hey, this came up or earlier this week. And I think I'm in a good space, headspace now to maybe, I don't know, dive into it a little bit better. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah.
0: I think about it like for me, it's literally like if you use the sound example, it's really like an exercise in putting a gap between the impulse and the action.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm working on that with Amazon right now. <laughs> I really am. It's true. Sure. Though.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, you mean like your buying habits mm-hmm. or something?
1: It, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, see, here's this is the example I always use. If somebody knocks on your door right now and they say, hey, I'm going to I got this Tesla right here in the driveway. I want to sell it to you for five hundred dollars. You're like, that's great. great You're not, you don't like pull out your checks book and like hand them $500. My, you my go
1: checks book,
0: your checkbook. You go, yeah. wait a second. Where did it come from? Is it, is it really a Tesla? Is it, is uh-huh. it stolen? Uh-huh. Like, does it work? So you put this gap in between the opportunity to do something you really want right. and then the decision to do it. And that's called wisdom,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And I think if you can put that gap in there, particularly like less, if we come down to relationships and you go, Oh, I I'm really mad at my partner. I'm going to scream at them.
1: Yeah.
0: Or I'm going to punish them. I'm going to stonewall them. Mm -hmm, Well, you mm -hmm. put a gap in there
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and you, between the impulse that the impulse that you have to be angry and then the action, yeah, that's wisdom. And you get choices now and you can go, Oh yeah, maybe I should ask them about it. Or maybe I ought to go self-soothe. Or maybe I should just like get over myself or maybe I should stop believing everything I think because maybe I'm wrong, you know? So that's the, that's the part where like, like I said, I'm super meta right now. I'm thinking about thinking things. So, a lot.
1: okay. You I mean, the, you just brought up a really good point, which is the way that I think about it is you have, uh, I'm reading this book by the way, right now, wired for love. Um, you mm-hmm. might be familiar with it. It's the book, the Stan. Yep. Stan Tatkin, um, mm-hmm. Harville Hendricks wrote the forward and, uh, something that I really appreciated was talking about how we can override, which is what I think you're talking about is wisdom overriding your old brain the old brain is the reactive Um, brain the reactive brain uh is keeping you safe something upsets you you Uh attack it or you freeze that's the old brain Uh and what you're talking about is how do you provide enough of a gap so that you can override the old part of your brain so that you can access the new part of your brain the prefrontal cortex that gives you the ability to actually pause think logically is this tesla Really? Like given the example that you just gave, like, why is it $500? That doesn't make any sense. Like there must mm-hmm. be something wrong with it. It's maybe it's a knockoff. Can you imagine if there was mm-hmm. a knockoff Tesla? would
0: <laughs> be awesome. Have you, You've probably been in a Tesla. I, I, I was in Tesla for the first time this last weekend and I was like, this is, insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've actually so. not ridden in very many Teslas, but I was, I pulled yeah. up behind a Tesla today, dropping uh, my kid off at his very expensive private school. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just imagine all the parents There's driving. Lots of yes. Teslas here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the arms came up and it's just like a car, yeah. but it's like, you know, it's back the to bird. the future. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, boy, that sure looks nice. I wonder how much that is. And I $500, $500. And that's where I was like, I'll take it. Thank you so much. (laughs) But then Zach doing his meditation. Okay. So let me get back to this. The question is, why do you think the meditation for 10 minutes a day for you is allowing you to put that pause in to long enough to be able to switch from your old brain that's reactive to your new brain that is responsive? Like what is it about the meditation that's actually doing it?
0: The only answer I have is that it's practice it's practice. I mean, it's literally meditation is a practice. Yoga is a practice,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: for me, it's literally practice. Like I have days where I'll meditate and I'll be really bad at it. I'm going to have an off day. Like I'm just not going to too distracted by the thoughts that flow in or whatever. Or I, I just haven't set myself up for excess sex or like a success or I'll do it like at 1130 because I got to get my, I got to get my streak in or something PM. So I'm just, but but when I practice, I, l- I literally am learning a new skill and I don't know enough about how the brain works, mm-hmm. but I imagine I'm rewiring some of the way that my brain works, yeah. you know, like, um, because I can do things now that I could not do last year, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've got 12 days, which is, you know, it's not a lot. And in fact, Sam, he's like, <laughs> they had a, they had a, a feature on the app that was a streaks app, like could, yeah, down yeah, in your yeah. Days. yeah, they took it off they were like, yeah, this is not what it's about. It's not about collecting days. It's about just learning how to be present.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So for me, it's, uh, it's, so I don't know. I mean, I think I'm literally just practicing and that's why, you know, I've tried to learn how to meditate half a dozen times as an adult and it has not, I just have not had any success until now. So I'll talk to clients about it and they're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. What what I like about this app is it's literally teaching you how to do it. It's not just, it's not just a timer. Yeah. Like here's a timer. Here's a 10 minute timer. Try to breathe for 10 minutes. It's he's, he's literally walking you through it. So I'm into it. Okay. I tried to get Sam to come on the podcast once, but he said no.
1: You know who I reached out to? This is going to be kind of funny. I reached out to two people I'm really pumped about. And um, I'm going to say their names because if you know them, reach out to them as well. So um, have I ever told you about my favorite runner, Tommy Rives? I think so. Yeah. So endurance athlete. Tommy is
0: like the guy in your life. Tom. <laughs> Tom. Tom and Tommy. Like, you
1: think so? It's no don't longer. You have like lots of Toms. Well, I have. Yeah. Tom is like my best friend. So it's Tom. Yeah. You. Tom but like, don't you have
0: more than one Tom?
1: I have a Tommy. Tommy little. Yeah. He's in a competition yeah. with my husband. They both yeah. paid an, an amount of money that if they, uh, drink, whoever drinks first loses their money. So they're in like oh, a wow. sobriety contest. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <Whatever> okay. works. <laughs> Tommy Rives, Tommy Rives wife wrote a book. I want okay. her on the podcast. So, okay. um, first of all, I think it's really interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm going through like this endurance athlete yep. sort of trainings experience. Yep. I think it's really interesting. How do you partner with someone that is so passionate and almost has to Mm -hmm. be so incredibly selfish. So I've been reading this document, watching this documentary on Netflix Mm -hmm. about these professional golfers. And one of them says golf is a selfish sport. And I was like, Ooh, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. It totally is. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a golf widow. And then I was thinking about all these other sports and endurance athletes in particular have a really high divorce rate. So Mm. I would like for Stephanie,
0: that's like the definition of irony.
1: (laughs) Endurance, right? That is (laughs) It's so true. Yeah. So I would really like for Stephanie to come on the podcast. She just came out with it or her book is coming out this spring. And I would love for her to come on and talk about it because she talks about, I'm guessing her perspective of being in this relationship with this endurance athlete and then also Mm -hmm. having him go through basically like he was on his deathbed. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then he came back and she's a mom, I think to like three little girls. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, she like embodies strength to me. Let's
0: do it. We got this. Yeah. So if you know,
1: Stephanie, you know, I don't know if her last name is the same as Tommy Rives, um,
0: but she did write a book.
1: But she wrote it's a book. Yeah.
0: So, so if,
1: <laughs> um, I will I will finish out the podcast with her official first okay. and last name. And okay. please reach out to her and let her know that i like it. her. Yeah, no. The other one. Are you ready? Yeah. The other one yeah. is Wayne Gretzky's uh, daughter. She okay. is married to Dustin Johnson, who is okay. a professional golfer. And they uh, I think it would just be really interesting to talk to her as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. So
1: anyway, those are the two that I'm sure. reaching out to.
0: That sounds fun. Okay. Uh, You know me, I like reaching out to people and just being like, hey, do you want to want to chat with us about some stuff? Yeah, just try to
1: slide into their DMs. That's about as far as I got. Okay.
0: Oh, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. Thank you. This is a fun project. (laughs) Today I'm doing my taxes and I'm reaching out to those two people on our behalf.
1: Okay, cool. Um, Here's something that was coming up. Did
0: you have something you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) By the way, I know that our listeners cannot see us, but we showed up dressed exactly the same today. Uh, Mm -hmm. just like last time. Oh, that's true. That's true. We're, (laughs) we are on the same wavelength. So we're both wearing our black hoodies. This is my, um, Valentine's day present to myself.
0: Oh yeah. It's nice. I like
1: it. You know what? It's actually on inside out. That's about as much. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It is. It's free side out. It is on inside out. Anyway. Okay. Can you see the seam? Uh, so we have our, both of our black hoodies on our glasses on hoods are on. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you go to Instagram, you'll be able to see what it looks like. Yeah, like in a
0: few weeks or something. Okay. Um, And then next week, I'm going to be at your house. So this is the last, this is literally, literally the last chance to sign up for these seven principles workshop. That's true.
1: And it will be So if you're listening to this right
0: now, you've got like two days. Yes. So that's
1: true um, because this episode comes out on a Tuesday and then our workshop starts on a Friday. So you, yeah, yeah. you can sign up on Thursday. I don't care.
0: If you don't know about it now, then that, then you're not paying attention. But if you do (laughs) want to know about it, it's marriagetherapyradio.com.
1: Zach and I have been looking for more ways to connect with our listeners on a more personal level. And we've been getting countless requests for couples workshops. So we put not one, not two, but three virtual workshops on the calendar in 2023 so that you can join when it's most convenient for you from anywhere in the world. Register for our spring couples workshop coming up on March 3rd and 4th by visiting our website, www. MarriageTherapyRadio.com. The seven principles workshop for couples is a live two day virtual marriage workshop based on the internationally acclaimed research of Dr. John Gottman as presented in his New York times bestselling book, the seven principles for making marriage work. This educational workshop has been offered across the U S and internationally and has helped strengthen relationships of tens of thousands of couples. It's specifically designed to help couples improve their friendship and learn powerful communication and conflict management skills. In this workshop, you will learn how to make conflict work for your relationship. You will deepen intimacy and build trust. You'll identify your solvable versus perpetual issues, strengthen your friendship foundation. You'll learn to collaborate more effectively to solve problems and how to communicate clearly and effectively. So lock your seats in for an unforgettable experience that will shift the trajectory of your relationship. Again, that spring workshop is on March 3rd and 4th. Register at MarriageTherapyRadio.com.
0: But I want to hear what you want to talk about.
1: I want to talk about no. I want to talk okay. about I'm into it. no's. Um, okay. I have had... In, in the therapy world, we get these waves of people and themes okay. that come up over and over and over. And the uh-huh. theme that I have been experiencing is no. And uh-huh. uh, why no is important and how we can encourage our partner to say no. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I, it's interesting because I've told you about my year of yes and why yes uh-huh. is important. But uh-huh. I also think we need balance in being uh-huh. able to express our no's. Okay. So first question to you. Mm-hmm. How comfortable are you with saying no?
0: 100%.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: But I always say yes first. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because I don't want to create uh, like opposition or like uh, resistance to my partner's or my kids' dream or their persona. Mm. So if Rebecca says, Hey, I really want to go out this weekend and, and hang out with Robin Heather but I can't, or I don't want to. I'll go. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Rob and Heather, they sound amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we haven't seen them in a really long time, mm. but I'm not, but this weekend's not going to work for me. Plus I still have some things that I need to su- kind of sort out with Rob.
1: Okay. So you so, say but first, I, so yes, a hundred percent. And then literally
0: a hundred percent of the time I say yes. first. Okay.
1: And then you evaluate how, how do I really feel about this? It's you're not shutting yeah. her down. Mm-mm. You're leaving the door open
0: it's my first example of learning how to put a pause between the insult, the impulse and the response. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Cause I, cause I just started learning how to say yes first and then you put the discernment piece in, but, but no, I don't mind saying no
1: mm-hmm, at all mm-hmm.
0: ever. I just don't want it. I don't want to say no to the person. I want to say no to the thing.
1: Okay. All right. I like that. The, it, I, man, it's hard to talk about no without also addressing the yes and why the yes is so important. So we'll, right. we'll review a little bit uh, before we get into the no as to why yes is important. But it really comes down to when when your partner has a request, any kind of a request, and Mm -hmm. I, I have sort of this umbrella or it's basically like when your partner comes to you and they have a want, a wish, a need, a desire, a complaint, whatever it might be, the hope in what we're teaching folks is that you are open to hearing what that is. And it's not an immediate shutdown. Um, Mm -hmm. because when you immediately shut down your partner, that doesn't leave any room for that partner to have any kind of power in the relationship. And we're looking for a share of power. So what we have taught is get in the habit of saying, yes, not yes, dear. Yes. Whatever you want, but yes, that's Mm -hmm. an interesting idea. Can we talk more about it? Tell me a little Mm -hmm. bit more, like convince Mm -hmm. me, tell me why this is important to you. But then the important piece of what I'm talking about is people pleasers. Mm-hmm. This is the wave of people pleasers in my practice. Folks who have had some kind of trauma growing up, some kind of an attachment where they have just simply learned I need to take care of other people. I need Mm -hmm. to make sure that I am happy when they're sad. I need to make sure that, um, you know, if they're hungry, I'm taking care of them. They just become the all-encompassing. I have the ability to make you feel better. And Mm -hmm. that is my sole desire, which means that Mm -hmm. I'm compromising my own happiness and satisfaction in saying yes to you. When really I shouldn't be saying yes, because it's not my need. Mm -hmm. It's your need Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to meet.
0: So So people who have a really hard time, like setting a boundary very Um, hard time so yeah yeah there's a they're boundaryless in their
1: Mm -hmm.
0: in their approach and you know um that can show up in different ways obviously right like you can be boundaryless and be mm, say narcissist and so you're just imposing on everybody's boundaries or you can be boundaryless and kind of be sort of meek or Mm -hmm. you know differential and then all of a sudden everybody's kind of walking all over you and that's what Mm -hmm. ends up happening is that you you kind of lose your sense of self. I think that's what you're describing.
1: That's exactly it. So it's the opposite side of, you know, this pendulum when it comes to being boundaryless. I'm not talking about the narcissistic side where it's all about mm-hmm. you. I'm talking about, it's all about, I have the ability or I'm going to compromise everything about my needs and my wishes and my wants in order to make mm-hmm. you happy. Um, And that's what's coming into my office in absolute just waves. And so I've been practicing Mm -hmm. a lot of let's talk about the no and the importance of the no and what that looks like. How do you do that? Well, I think it's two sided. Um, So you nailed it, which is why is a no important one? It creates healthy boundaries. And I think Mm. that when we create healthy boundaries, it also allows your partner to trust you that Mm. when you say yes, you mean yes. And when you say no, you mean no. That Mm -hmm. that this yes is not coming with any kind of, um, gosh, ultimatum. Do you ever feel like if somebody says yes to you, that it's like, oh, what is this going to mean? So I've given this example before. Honey, can I go golfing this afternoon? Sure. And then what do I do? I text him. 19 Mm -hmm. times while he's on the golf course. Mm -hmm. Hey, when are you going to be back? And what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. And should I pick this up at the grocery store? And the yes, wasn't really a yes, but I said Mm -hmm. it because I wanted to please him, but it wasn't really a yes. It was actually Mm -hmm. a no, but I didn't say no. And so the trust has actually dissolved between the two of us. Now when my husband says, Hey, can I go golfing? And I say, yes, he's like, Hmm,
0: What's it going to cost me?
1: What's it going to cost me? Is that really a yes? Mm-hmm. So I think that in relationships, when we get really clear on what a yes means and what a no means, it builds trust between the two of you. That when you say no, you really mean no. When you say mm-hmm. yes, it comes at no cost.
0: Yeah, and I feel like Does that makes sense. I feel like yeah, it makes sense. I and and you kind of it, it sort of flies in the face, of course, of what I just said about how I say yes and then I say no. It's it's not the same, right? Like. I'm st- I'm saying yes to the relationship, to the person, to the suggestion, while then trying to figure out how to say, how to set the boundary. Mm-hmm. Those are, it's a little bit of a different thing. I think the, the thing that you're describing is it, it almost sets up this idea that you have to be able to say no so that you can say yes. Yeah. And you have to be able to say yes so that you can say no. Mm-hmm. The, of course, the thing I, when you talked about the no, the first thing I thought of, of course, was this study out of the Institute around domestically violent men Mm. and the, and the characteristic that they had in common was no, Mm -hmm. no, like it was just no all the time, Mm -hmm. but it was from the other side. It was from the narcissistic side where they just were extending the boundary past what was reasonable. Mm -hmm. And so their partners were just finding ways around them. And so their no didn't actually mean no. It just meant, okay, well, you're one dimensional and that's your thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to find a way to subvert you. And yeah. Um, but I think, Which I think is yeah, people diminishing need to figure out of trust.
1: To. That is exactly be, it. Right. Like yeah. if you're saying no all the time, I will just, I'll be able to break trust and go around that because yeah. it's compromising my, me and what yeah. I need in the relationship. so there's little trust there.
0: Is it reasonable to to, to assume that this, the people that you're describing that are having a hard time saying no, or that are people pleasers are mostly women
1: uh, in this relationship. Yes.
0: Yeah. And in, yeah. And in, in kind of the trend that's coming through your office, it's sort of a lot of, mm-hmm. so yeah. And I think that's an interesting one too, mm-hmm. because how do you create the sense of m- sort of mutual empowerment mm-hmm. inside the relationship,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is harder to do, mm-hmm. when, uh, particularly if you're in a position that is maybe more dependent, um, which is less, less kind of the the standard these days, but still very present also in my office where she and heterosexual relationships has a really hard time setting her boundary because yeah frankly, men just have a lot more freedom to get what they want mm-hmm. in the world that we live in right now. So they don't, they have a hard, it's, a hard, it's hard for us to hear now.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and I think that it comes with a lot of taking a look at what did you grow up with? So, mm-hmm. you know, there is a, I grew up with a patriarchal society where my dad got basically everything and my mom was just constantly serving, serve, 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 serve. And she was always the last to sit down. And when you sit down at the table is mom, the one that's seated closest to the kitchen so she can pop up and go get something really fast. I mean, just serve, Mm -hmm. serve, serve. Or, you know, did you grow up where your parents were unavailable to you or like your mom was an alcoholic or maybe she had a diagnosis where you were constantly dancing in order to make them happy. You know, mm-hmm. meaning like I'm, I need to make sure that I am a good girl so that I don't upset mom or send her into mm-hmm. another one of those, you know, spirals or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly evaluating people in your space and like, how can I keep them happy? And if they're happy, I'm happy, but not really. So yeah, Here's the other is I'm always thinking about it's hard work to practice a no, if that is not something that you are accustomed to. How can mm-hmm. the people around you help you support you and be there for you in order to give space for that no to happen? Because it's a system that you've created where it's deeply entrenched. If you're in a, in a dyadic mm-hmm. relationship and you've been saying yes, <laughs> your whole relationship you go, and you yeah. start changing it, you can't actually Wait, experience what? true change. What, what did you <laughs> say? No, That's a you no, no. <laughs> um, then, you know, your partner actually needs to be there to support you in that no as well. So one, it
0: makes me think of two things. Like one is the idea of maybe the way you get to your no is through the yes, as, as I have described a little bit earlier. But then the other one is if this is going to be a thing that you do, that you take on in your relationship, mm-hmm. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like it ought to be something that is a joint effort with you and your partner. Like you, right. you So, and I don't know how you get there. Exactly. Like the, I don't want to say like, it should be, I don't really like should I'm kind of allergic to it, but yep. um, I, but yeah. Hey baby, I'm trying to learn how to, to set better boundaries for myself right. and so that I can show up more effectively and I'm going to need your help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Letting me say no, maybe even encouraging me to say no. Yes. Um, yeah. That seems like an important piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. to me.
1: Well, I think a lot of it comes from empathy and understanding that if this is a journey that you're on, like you're listening right now and you're going, holy moly, Laura, I have been a, a yes woman my whole life, or I have tried to please everybody around me and it's not serving because I'm getting resentful in my relationship, mm-hmm. but just constantly. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Which yes.
0: you might not even know. You don't, you might not even know you're getting resentful until you wake totally. up one day and you're like,
1: yeah. Right. So what, now what, now what do you do? Loop your partner in, share with your partner what's going on for you. This is not about them. This is about you. So Mm -hmm. when you're able to share with your partner, honey, I realized listening to this podcast, I'm a yes woman and it's Mm -hmm. not going to it's not sustainable for me any longer. And here's where this came from. It's not about you. It's what I brought into this relationship. It's from my upbringing. It's from my desire to please you. It's from, you know, trauma, whatever it might be. I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to say yes. And I really want to change this so that I don't carry this any longer. It's not healthy or helpful to our relationship. So giving the background, helping your partner recognize it's not about them. It's about you and your own journey with yes and no, and creating healthy boundaries, And then also, I think it's really good to be rewarded when you say no. So this is the piece that your Mm. partner can do. Okay, I'm into it. When you say no, have your partner get to the place to recognize and like hold that moment for a second and go, thank you so much for honoring your boundaries. Mm. I hear that no, I receive that no, it may not be what I wanted to hear, but I'm going to be okay. Because oftentimes people are resistant to saying no, because they're worried about their partner's reaction. Are they going to be upset? Yeah. They don't want that. No, they really want to go golfing or they really want to go, you know, to dinner with their friends. And you said, no, does that upset them? Absolutely. Are they going to be okay with being upset? Yep. They are grown ass Mm -hmm. human beings and they're fine with their feelings. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So I, I, I would say reward your partner for the no, when you hear it, let them know that you're going to be Okay. Let them know that if whatever feeling you're feeling, you can manage that feeling on your own. You don't need them to manage it for you. Yeah, you can tell I was it. a little fired up from this this week. Yeah, got you a lot of people I'm pleasers in my practice right yeah. now.
0: Well, and I think ultimately, like learning how to set a boundary, it's good. It's it like I I don't know if you've heard me tell this story before, but it's kind of this urban legend out of the, out of New York City. You've heard me tell this a million times. Like there's a playground in the back of this school and they put a fence up and um, all the neighbors are like, no, I hate this fence. So they pull it down. And so the kids go out the next day. And um, what do they do? People always go, oh, they ran into the street and they got hit by a car. Go, no, what they did was they stayed in the center mm-hmm. of the playground because they learned that out there wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. So if you have a boundary, the yard gets a lot bigger. And that, again, I rushed through that, but like you get a lot more space to play. Um, instead of like ha- having like kind of n- not, really knowing what to do. So you're uh-huh. close to the vest all the time. Yeah. And so part of, part of setting a clear boundary gives you much, much more room to understand what is and isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, but, but my, but my point is less about the, 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 the metaphor and more about, I think we need to rethink boundaries sometimes, because if we think that it's just going to make the world smaller Actually, there's an argument to be made that it it frees you up a lot more, gives you a lot more freedom, yeah. even if it's from resentment. So that would be my hmm. that would be my point there.
1: Similarly put, when you establish really good security, which is what boundaries are uh, between a parent and a child. So uh, this takes me all the way back to being in grad school in like 2010. Um, mm. really great teacher, but she said, I want you to imagine that, you know, I'm, I'm a parent and I have a two-year-old and the two-year-old is going off and sort of exploring the house and exploring the boundaries of the yard and whatever it might be. If mm. you're anxious and you're like, oh, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do mm. that. Right. Like, um, mm-hmm. then the child learns, this is unsafe and I don't explore in this way. But mm. if you continue to be secure for your child and you say, Hey, you know what? Like go explore. The house is yours. You want to go explore the backyard? Go for it. I'm going to be here. And they learn, Hey, I'm safe. This is secure. They become much more creative, much more adventurous. Mm. And they're able to really explore the environment, knowing that my partner, my, my parent is a safe, a safety net for me, basically, which is the boundaries and the security that you've created. Anyhow. Yeah, I'm into it. Okay. Well, that was my rant for the week. Uh, Thanks for showing up in your black hoodie.
0: Yeah, you're welcome.
1: All right. Well, let's land this plane. And, oh, and, and when you're listening and to this, you have two days to register for our workshop yeah. on Friday. And if you're and listening Saturday. to it on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, nope. Sorry you missed it. We have another one coming up this summer. But yeah. uh, the workshop is on March 3rd and 4th. It's a Friday evening from 4 to 7 p.m. on Friday. That's Pacific Standard Time. And then Saturday is 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's it. And we're going to go through all seven principles for making. Marriage work. We would love to meet you. All right. All right. Let's land it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Find our workshop registration at our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. You can always send us little notes, questions, inquiries. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking if we do individual therapy um, with couples. Yes, we do. In fact, if you're interested, you can go to zachbrittle.com or Laura Heck therapy.com to check us out. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death